I'm going to an old standby. Yeah, can you put that in there, Brad? Man, I feel like a woman. Corey. Yes. So you think you've got a 3,000. That's a different theme. song. Is it? Yeah. Wait, which that's, one is that's, that? That's, uh, the, the, that the don't, don't impress me, me much. What is dun dun? That's the that's, same one. Man, I feel like a woman. Oh, oh shit. Come I'm on. Just messing, I'm just messing up left and right. I just want to point out that two episodes ago, which in real time is about 30 minutes, I was subtly, not subtly, accused of misogyny. And yet, of the two of us on stage, who has their Shania Twain catalog correct? But Corey, you still don't want to... Not really. Um, all right. Let's, um, let's move forward from that. All right. Who are you? I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm Corey Kraft. We are the people who do side talks. <laughs> Listening like to Side Talks it. Live from the Sidewalk Film Festival. Yeah, hear all that hubbub. That, so much hubbub. That chaotic energy. That's 3,000 people in this room right now. And if you're listening to this, you don't know if we're telling the truth or not. So just assume that we know what we're doing. 3,000, that's right. You didn't do your thing. I just totally threw you off, but I'm get, I'm throwing you a bone. Oh, no, I, I remember. Oh, you, you good. Okay, I'm, just, well, I'm just waiting. What's up, Ding Dongs? There we go. I was waiting to sneak it in there. All right. Like I do sometimes. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. Hey, Liz. Hey, Bross. What's Hi. going on? Hi. Whatever. Uh, so, you know, it's us. Here we are. Hi. You're it's far great to away be here. in some faraway land. Live. This is great. I'm usually sitting in um, my bathroom floor with the door closed, hiding from our gaggle of little yippy dogs. So, um,. So we're we're a want? dog-friendly podcast. I think we, that if there were little yips. Sometimes they bark, you know, the little Chewini, Gigi. She's, she's a little yappy, so sorry if you hear her in the background. So. I think it adds texture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, so now it's, it's in person. It's a whole different ballgame. So um, what have you been watching? Okay, so actually I can thank some um, curators here. When we, so we were at Chase's Uh-oh. house on the water in North Alabama last weekend, and Chase and Tony and a couple of the rest of us found a film while we were, you know, been out on the water all day, and then we came in, wanted to watch a movie, and they found, which I don't think, had any of us seen it? You had seen it maybe as a kid or something, right, Tony? I've seen it um, House Guest. Oh. Starring I've, Sinbad and Phil Hartman. I haven't seen this since I was a child. I've never seen it. Yeah. Have I, I have no memory of no. it. No. Well, okay, so it's, my notes are chaotic, because it's really chaotic. It's mostly montages. Um, okay, oh. so let me just sort of set things up. Okay, <laughs> like so, the Soviets. Sinbad and it, okay, so Phil Hartman. Okay, he had they he had a childhood friend and then he hasn't seen him for years and then he's picking him at the airport and there's a switcheroo and Sinbad he's being chased by these mobster guys who are kind of wet bandit type characters and he switcheroos with Phil Hartman's childhood friend to pretend to be him. And then Phil Harmon picks him up, and then, you know, shenanigans ensue, and he's like, you look different, and, you know, that whole thing, and it's so stupid. And it's from 95, I believe. So, you know, peak Phil Harmon. Phil Harmon is really good in this, because he's, it's like he's the straight man, but he's so goofy that he's, like, the goofy straight man, because Sinbad is just the goofy man, you know what I mean? Like, it's, they're both weird. It's interesting dynamic. And so, um... Okay, so apparently the friend that Sinbad is impersonating is a dentist and a vegetarian. 
So then, you know, Sinbad has to pretend to be a dentist, and oh, you get it. And then there's... No, no, wait, I don't think I do okay, get it. Well, okay, so there's this one scene where... What's, okay, so this is really funny. All right, so we were watching the movie the other night, and I fell asleep for about a full two-thirds of the middle of it because I was just tired from the lake life, you know what I mean? It wasn't that I wasn't engaged, but it was tired. So I... Okay, so then cut to... So this is... we got to follow me here. So... Last week, a large portion of a tree fell um, in our yard. So Wait, this is real. This is not this is real life. This is so real, real life. life. We had a tree IRL. fall. So Tony, uh, this week, literally bought a um, <laughs> chainsaw. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, he bought a chainsaw and he like spent like two days chainsawing this into pieces to get it off the fence. So the other night, his back was really tired. So we have this like ointment. Muscle relaxer. I don't know where this is going. No, but like, no. Hold on, I have it connects. I was okay. So he has. So I was putting some on his back, like, oh, like you know, doting on him, like, oh, let me. And it's this muscle relaxer ointment. And I sort of joked as I was applying it. I was like, I was like, I held my hands all like limp and numb, and I was like, oopsies, my fingers got muscle relaxed. I can't use them anymore. And I was like being goofy. And then Tony stops and he's like, wait, did. Weren't you asleep? Did you see that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, in the movie, Sinbad. He does the same gag. And I'm like, what? What, does so he like Novocaine his hand we, or something? So, we, so then the other night, we watched the, re- I watched the movie again, like in, awake the whole time. Wait, you watched it again? Well, I didn't see most of it. I, wo- I fell I asleep you, I and then I woke up at the end. So we watched it so I could, you know, talk about it here today. So I have, you know, watched it fully now. But what happens is there is a scene, which I fully was asleep for this, so I must have osmosised it. But there is a scene where he, they, he's at the dentist office because he has to do some emergency dental work and they're like, well, you're the best, you know? You've got a, he's like a, he's like a scholarly dentist like he's big deal dentist right and so he goes in and he's prepping and he reaches his hand into I guess what he assumes is soap but it's Novocaine and he washes his hands with Novocaine and then the whole rest of the scene is him being like his hands don't work and they're super numb and like wiggly and I had done the (laughs) gag on my own completely unaware that Sinbad had done the exact same gag in the movie that I had watched a few nights before but I had fallen asleep for it so it's like he I osmosis that gag into my own daily life. Well, yeah. or great comic minds. Just or think great alike. comic, or I'm just as funny as Sinbad, perhaps. <laughs> so I think that's a safe bet. So that's kind of a long story, but yeah, that's what happens with the the dentist gag. But the more annoying gag was the vegetarian gag oh, because, no. oh my god, like it, we the movie was fully sponsored by McDonald's and Coca Cola because there's so many. There's a whole scenes happen in a McDonald's. There's like coming and going and getting McDonald's. They're referencing McDonald's. I mean, right, y'all? Like, I mean, there's so much McDonald's and. Um, then, spoiler alert, he breaks from the vegetarianism and he has to eat a burger and he gobbles it down and all this Oh, stuff. he just can't handle it. Yes. And then, you know, slowly it's revealed, or well, more dramatically, it's revealed that he's an imposter, but, you know, but the point is he was being true to himself the whole time and teaching Phil Hartman these lessons about family. Oh, speaking of family... His wife owns a yogurt franchise. It's 1995, so yogurt was hot. You remember how many TCBYs there were back then? Lisa, you know me. I I still think yogurt is hot. I love a yogurt out of the wall. Like, why are there was they reef? There was a reef phase of those a few like ten years ago. Remember that you could get yogurt out of the wall everywhere. And they've all closed down. The cupcakes came in. Those have closed down. I don't even know. Now it's a acai bowl, acai bowls. Like, there's always a new thing, but I miss the yogurt out of the wall with, like, the... It'll come back around. You can find a yogurt mountain It's like Movie Pass. One day we'll get an email. Exactly. We'll get an email. You can find a yogurt mountain occasionally, but I feel like you have to go to the burbs, you know? 
So anyway, she owns these yogurt franchises, and that's the whole thing. And she's very stressed from her job, and Phil's not there for her, or whatever his character's name is. And there's a family. Oh, the family. More. There's a goth daughter. Of course. A a super goth daughter. But okay, here's a question, Rachel. This is for you. Okay, you're goth. So you picture this. You're. It's 1995. You're a goth teenager. Yep. And angsty, and there's a boyfriend character. He's real. He's stupid. And Sinbad's seen the boyfriend talking to another girl when he was out at McDonald's, and so like he's like (laughs) onto him, and so he has a heart to heart with the teenager because Sinbad's like. Everyone's getting to know him in this family, and they're all you yeah, know, falling it, for him. Yeah, it sounds like. Well, it. he has a heart to heart with the daughter in her bedroom, and the entire time, like they get a bunch of play in this movie, is um, Dinosaur Junior. Okay. Um, what's That's it called? An interesting hit the choice. Feel the pain That's a very whatever. interesting choice. Yeah, feel the pain plays almost entirely in the background, and. Hmm. Would you, if you were a goth teen, like black stringy hair, the Smiths T-shirt, like bobby pins and tights and stuff, would you? Would you listen to Dinosaur Jr.? No. What do you think? Because I don't think I, that's, that's the same. A, that's that's like an hard, indie rocker. That's actually a hard no. I mean, right? I think that if you're, I think if you're just dabbling in the goth, still, you know, yeah, that maybe Dinosaur Jr. would come up occasionally. But I just think they got that wrong. Yeah. I think they got that wrong too. And her boyfriend, he was like a whole Vanilla Ice vibe. Like he wasn't a goth girl wouldn't date. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, she's a poet. Goss. She quotes a lot of Sylvia Plath and Edgar Allan Poe and all these like writer, literary writers and stuff. So it just was not. Yeah. I didn't think Dinosaur Jr. I liked hearing it personally, but I didn't think it was a. I don't know though because here's the thing, right? So, in in a way, you're talking about kind of two different eras, right? So if you if you go back to like my era of the goth, Dinosaur Jr. would have been a little off the mark in, in regards to timing. So maybe just maybe like a '90s goth might. Be more inclined because you know Jay Maskus is always upset about a lady friend <laughs> yeah, that's broken it's true. his heart, and so maybe it makes sense. I don't know. Maybe they got that right. Everything else about this movie seems pretty airtight. So yeah, yeah okay, <laughs> for sure. Okay, but there was so there is a song. It's a much more annoying song, but it's I think it's much more appropriately used. There's a scene kind of early on. They're having this big party at their house, and they're all. Um, Okay, so apparently, in addition to being a dentist and a vegetarian, um, Sinbad's character, alleged character that Phil Hartman thinks he is, is a wine connoisseur. So they We're do. Just this checking all the '90s. Everything. Check it's boxes so, it's here. Basically sideways. Like all, now, all we need now is somebody to be like, "What's this sushi? I'm supposed to eat sushi? This yes. is raw fish or something like that." Oh man, that would have been really good to mix in with the McDonald's gags, the sushi gags, but maybe on maybe in House Guest Two. House Guest Two. Uh, <laughs> coming back at you, staying over again. But, um, so, okay, so then the, oh, wait, what were we talking about? The, um... Wine. Oh, the wine, yeah, so then he, so, but Sinbad, he doesn't know anything about it. He's like, you've got dark wines, and you've got light wines. And then Whoa. he's like, let's just drink from the bottle, and he gets all crazy, and he gets everybody having fun, and they all start drinking, and then, you know, it's getting crazy. And then they're all drunk at this party, all these fancy people in fancy clothes, and they put on Brick House. Oh, um, okay. Brr, okay. You know it. Yeah, yeah, I know and that. then they all, there's like a whole montage of them doing like a so there's a conga line, line and then there's film. like dancing Make down the everyone. stairs. There's so much silly, silly, silly stuff with the brick house, but you're like, this fits. It's like, I hate it, yeah. but it works. And then there are two brick house reprisals towards the end of the film where they play a little bit of it again. Like, remember all the fun we had when we all got drunk to the wine and listened to the brick house? It's like, that happens again. <laughs> they got their money's worth on that It's song. so much montages to terrible music. And there's a golf cart chase montage. There's a car chase montage where Sinbad gets the child to drive so he can hide. <laughs> There's another chase. This is always with those wet bandit type mobsters where they're running over fences in yards 
you know, and like falling on ladies as they're as they're gardening and yeah, their bed, yeah. you know, that whole thing. And then there's another montage. There's another montage. It's not a chase, but there's a um, when they go to the golf club and they have to get Sinbad dressed for tea time. <laughs> and he, it's craziest patterns you could think of, you know, like old timey golf stuff. Yeah. So it's just montage on top of montage. I'm trying to see if there's even a montage I missed. Um, I mean, I'm sure there was. Oh, there's a basketball montage. Okay. Oh, yes, there's a basketball montage. And at the end, Sinbad and the little boy challenge these bullies. And if if they win, the bullies have to they have to take their clothes. So the bullies are like standing around oh. in their little boxers. It's weird. Oh. Like, why would that yeah, be I the? It's a lot of yeah. So there's so many things going on. And then I would say at the end, let's see. Oh, and Jeffrey Jones is in it. He's a fellow dentist. Yeah. That checks out. It does, doesn't it? Seems Um, like exactly the Jeffrey Jones type. And so, you know, things happen and the family is great and they all get along and da da da. And then it's like, you know, revealed that that he's not who he says he is, but again, he's true to himself, the whole thing. And so then it ends with him coming back at Christmas. This happened in like the summer. So he comes back like he's like visiting the family at the holidays, like part he of the being fam- sent back. Yes. Okay. Like they're like, Oh, we don't even care that you lied to us and were haunt hunted by mobsters and endangered our family and there were guns drawn and it was really dramatic. Like they're like, No, we love you now and you're part of the family, Sinbad, but whatever your real name is, Kevin. His name was Kevin. Kevin. Yes, his name was Kevin. Did and you just have first and last name? Well, yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Tony um, but yeah, so he comes back, and at Christmas, and the end of the movie, it's all of this big Christmas party, and they're, um, Phil Hartman and Sinbad go and stand around the grill in the yard, and it's snowing, but they don't care because they love meat, and it's, it's you know, the, the meat has been revealed that they love meat. And then they just stand around the grill, just the two of them, like old friends, but they're new friends, you know. And then they start riffing, which I wish we could play this right now, but they start riffing, singing Christmas carols, or singing, you know, to the tune of Christmas carols, but all of the lyrics are about fast food and grilled hamburgers and like lard and stuff. I swear, if you can find a clip of it and play it at some point when you do it in post or whatever. it's really good. And it's all the different, I mean, it's like several different, you know, old school Christmas songs. And then they both sing and they're riffing and, you know, it's absurd. So that's pretty much it. The Wait, the entire credits. Yeah, the entire credits. You can watch the whole credits and it's just yeah. the two of them riffing on um, like French fries and they say lard a lot. And then Phil Hartman's like, five onion rings, stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, I, I will definitely. And then it's like all of a sudden you feel like you just watched a Christmas movie, but you're like this yeah. whole movie was there was like two minutes of Christmas at the very it ends end. On a Christmas note. Yeah, end yeah. on a Christmas note. So, so um, it's a Christmas film. And since y'all watched it, do y'all have anything to add that I missed? Any important notes? Okay. Oh, Sinbad does win the lottery. I forgot about that. The spoiler alert. Would make a film. Um, yeah, it's so many things. Oh, and one more thing that I have a real big problem with is because when he was at the airport and he was kind of pretending, he was trying to figure, you know, swap, do the switcheroo, he randomly grabs a luggage. Randomly. <laughs> just because Phil Harmon's like, well, don't you have luggage? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he grabs one. And then, okay, y'all, Sinbad is a giant man. Inside this luggage, because that party was that night and yeah. it was very fancy where they were going to do the wine and all the brick house happened. Um, this suit, it freaking fit him perfectly. Like, what are the Love. chances that you are Sinbad and you grab a luggage and it's a suit that fits you? I don't know. Sinbad's kind of a standard size. No! <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying to think of the Sinbad movie I've seen the most, and it's probably Jingle All the Way, and he's compared next to Arnold Schwarzenegger in that movie, so I have no accurate... 
You know, there is one scene on the... Oh, Tony really liked this scene. Do you want to... Oh, my gosh. Can I phone a friend within phone a friend? Let's do it. Okay. There are no rules here. Okay, so my favorite scene is uh, when Phil Hartman and Sinbad go to, I guess... Phil Hartman's favorite bridge in town, and oh, they're it's it's like a beautiful oh, a like park setting, and they're bridge. on like a stone bridge, and they're sitting next Don't. to each other, and uh, Sinbad is like literally a giant, and he's like like a, a bridge troll, and then Phil Hartman is right next to him, as uh, a little little wee man, and this is like kind of shot from far away, just seeing Sinbad's massive frame next to Phil Hartman's like, tiny dangling. frame, they're like dangling <laughs> off the side. It's, it's a it's like a little puppet, beautiful like a little film puppet. work. Cute. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to bookmark those two scenes at least, but I don't know. This sounds like one that maybe I will watch Yeah, just watch it in full. Why not? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the most anybody's talked about the movie House Guest since 1995. <laughs> right. So we might as well go all in and just Universal watch it. or something probably doesn't even know that they own it. That's and now, fact. House Guest. <laughs> Surprise, everybody. As a matter of fact, Lisa, I'll tell you that we, uh, Team Reking, our programmer, really wanted to program Bay Base Kids and the, and the kids lineup this year. And Which we, is playing. It just playing, and we did that. And so I, I reached out to our booker, and I said, you know, can, can you get Bay Base Kids? We want to... He's, oh, okay. And so I email a couple of weeks later and say, hey, I haven't heard back from you. What's going on with Baby's Kids? And he goes, oh, yeah. Um, Paramount's trying to figure out if they own that or not. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want you to know that it turns out they do. And that the Sidewalk Film Festival is what allowed Paramount to realize that they own Baby's Kids. Wow. So We well. did it, everybody. Great work, everyone. Well, um, anyway, I guess we better go. You know, got some other stuff to get to. Gotta so hang up the phone. Um, we thank you for this for this gem. This oh, sounds yes, like maybe welcome. bad movie night level. Actually, it's very, very yeah, much yeah, that. yeah. Yes. So yes. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right, see you later, Ross. Bye. Bye. And if you don't know what bad movie night is, by the way, it is a monthly free screening we do here at the Sidewalk Film Festival. One Friday a month, uh, we don't announce what title it is in advance. It's always a surprise, but it's always some of the most ridiculous nonsense you've ever seen in your life. Uh, and sometimes we, we determine the movie at random uh, via a, a wheel of fortune. And so we spun the wheel this past time, and it landed, of course, on M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening, um, which was a great time. It's a tough one. Um, so that is Bad Movie Night. Hopefully, if you haven't uh, been familiar uh, with that, you come out uh, to our upcoming edition sometime in September on a date that I can't remember off the top of my head. But well, I'm sure it's on the website, SidewalkFest.com. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Okay, well, let me just tell you, Corey, what I've been watching. Please. Uh, in addition to the films at the cinema, I snuck out of campus the other day uh, to meet my mom to see a film. Uh, oh, she told me about this the other she? night, too. She uh, was like, have you seen this? And I was like, no. Everybody, <laughs> not at hold all. on to your chairs. So I met my mom to see Mac and Rita. They don't know what this is, because nobody Keep knows Keep holding on to your chairs. So this is a Diane Keaton film. And it is the worst shit I've ever seen. <laughs> ever seen. And so I'm going to spare you a lot of the details. But it's a switcheroo, Lisa. It's a switcheroo. Um, and so Diane Keaton... A young, young, youngish woman, young woman, moves into Diane Keaton's body, and then because she just kind of wishes she was older, she's like, "I want to live a life an older woman." So she becomes Diane Keaton, and of course, then the young man down the hall, who's the dog walker, falls in love with Diane Keaton, and I can't really tell you what's going on because Diane Keaton's character is kind of acting younger, but also kind of just acting like Diane Keaton. 
But I will let you know that my favorite part of this film is about halfway through, there's a wide shot of California Pizza Kitchen. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Why is there... It's not like a, you know, a whole strip mall. It's just a California Pizza Kitchen. like a little product placement. Okay. Well, then we cut inside, interior shot, INT, of the California Pizza Kitchen where Diane Keaton and her young man boyfriend are going back and forth over the menu items. <laughs> they're, just, what, they're just reading the menu aloud? Yeah, they're like, out? you know what? I, you know, and, and Diane Keaton even says this. I will tell you this. CPK, right? We're on, we're on an initial basis. CPK clearly knows... A little, they're a little self-aware because there's a whole conversation where Diane Keaton goes, I really love it here. I love it here. Do you like, is that weird? Is that weird that I love it here? And her gentleman caller is like, no, you know what? I actually, I love it here too. Her gentleman caller. I really, caller. really do. I love it here too. What are you going to get? And she's like, I, there's a salad here I really like. And then she orders a salad. And then he goes, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stick with the original. I'm going to stick with an old-fashioned choice here. And I'm going to get the, um, the buffalo, chi- or the, uh, what is it? The barbecue chicken pizza. I'm gonna get the barbecue chicken, and I'm gonna have that because that's ever you know they're known for that. And then there are shots of the food on the table. <laughs> and this and, was your favorite part of the yes, film? Yes, absolutely. And then there, there, then happens a discourse uh, between between the two of them about how great the food is and how much they love. It just goes on and on and on. And this is right in the middle of the film. So I wonder how that one got made, right? I wonder who funded that. Um, and then there's a scene where a friend. You know who's in this, right? No. So it's um, uh, what's his dick from from Red Rocket? Simon Rex. Simon Rex. And uh, that is and, yeah. I, I didn't Zola. know why you said what's what's his dick, but that makes sense. <laughs> and Zola. Zola herself. Yeah, I think so. Right. The, Taylor you know, Page. Taylor. Yes, Taylor Page. Um, so a very interesting cast. So a hip cast from a bunch of really popular A twenty four movies. Yes. In a body swap comedy with and Diane Keaton. Cool. I believe it's I believe it's Zola who tells Diane Keaton, you know how you can get back into the body you need to really be in is you can do some mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and so Diane Keaton eats some mushrooms and then there is a ten minute montage that are using effects that I remember using, similar effects when I was in film school back in about 1840. And there's like green haze coming off of Diane Keaton and she's dancing. And then it just ends, with, I mean, it takes so much time in this film. And then it just ends with her going, well, that was fun, but it didn't do anything. Like, I'm not back in the body. So I don't know what the purpose of the scene was. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm watching this with my mom, y'all. So anyway, um, I'll spare you of any other details about this film, but I will let you know that when you switch bodies with somebody else, you learn a lesson. <laughs> I just, Lisa told us about that earlier. You do. You have lots of lessons to learn. And what she learned is she didn't want to be older. She just wanted to be herself. <laughs> and we also learned that she just can be herself by admitting she likes the California Pizza Kitchen. <laughs> so, what have you been watching? Well, my favorite sequence in Yasujiro Ozu's masterpiece, Tokyo Story, also takes place here. at a California <laughs> Pizza Kitchen. Um, uh, for in 1952, Tokyo, California Pizza Kitchen. No, um, no, but I did watch that movie uh, and a lot of other. Again, I've been on a, a tear where I'm trying to fill in all of these like masterworks blind spots because I, I don't want to just like drop dead and be the asshole who never saw uh, Rashomon or something like that. So um, I want that was one of the movies I watched. Uh, Kira Kurosawa's Rashomon, um, Vittorio De Sica's Bicycle Thieves. Um, and then a couple Judy Garland movies. I watched um, uh, the 
bandwagon. No, the bandwagon is her husband, Vincent Minnelli. Uh, the Clock uh, okay. is a Vincent Minnelli, okay. Judy Garland movie. Uh, I watched Summerstock. You do some, some major catch-ups. Yeah, lately, with, yeah, with Garland and Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly's one of the best of all time. Um, all these fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I'm just trying to you know catch up with stuff. Um, and um, you know, no time like the present to right, fill in right. those blind spots. Uh, so yeah, um, all those movies that everybody has told me my entire life uh, are really, really great. Turns out they're really, really great. Um, I loved... Um, in particular, Tokyo Story, uh, which is kind of a, a play on another really great classic movie called Make Way for Tomorrow uh, from the 40s. Um, Make Way for Tomorrow is kind of this melodrama about this aging couple whose adult children really don't have time for them, uh, and they go visit them in the city. Um, Tokyo Story kind of follows that framework and extends the story a little bit. Uh, no body swapping. Um, no lessons learned necessarily, but a very uh, subtle and remarkable sort of slice of life film from Ozu there that, you know, by some metrics is is the best movie of all time that I had never seen up to yeah. this point. What a um, bummer that there was no body swap. Or no, I know. CBK I mean, though. a real missed opportunity um, on many, many levels. Um, other than that, I've not watched a ton of like super new stuff lately. I haven't been to the cinema in a while. Um, I want to go see Idris Elba punch a lion square in the jaw, um, but I, I decided to um, to stay home and watch Stanley Kubrick's Paths of Glory for the first time that night instead, which was a better choice. Um, oh, 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 oh! I did see, however, and this is some some delightful schlock, the prequel to Orphan called Orphan First Kill. <laughs> That's right, the orphan now we're is talking. back. In reality, she's fully, you know, she's a grown person. She's uh, in her mid to late 20s now. She just starred in that movie, The Novice, that we showed at uh, Sidewalk last year. And then she's playing, you know, once again, The Orphan. Of course, I don't want to spoil the twist of the original Orphan. How many Orphan Heads we got in the house, first of all? Orphan Heads, that's right. Okay, well, I don't want to spoil the remarkable twist of the first Orphan. If you're Um, an Orphan Head, haven't you seen all this? They have, but okay. the bulk of people you, are not orphan heads, and you should be, because that, that original Orphan from 2009, one of the most delightfully demented uh, thrillers I've ever seen, Little Orphan, Stabbing, etc. Um, she comes back fully more than a decade later, uh, playing the same character a prequel to the movie that we've already seen that she made when she was a little girl. And the way that they do this, essentially, is I think she's just kind of on her knees for a lot of the shots in the movie as she's standing next to Julia Stiles. And I have to assume that the young Whoa. actress is taller than Julia Stiles in reality. I love or maybe they've got Julia Stiles like on a box. Uh, Aline vibes. Oh, man. Um, Aline, if you don't know... Uh, see, there's no CGI used in Orphan First Kill like there is in Aline. Aline is this uh, movie ba- made by uh, French maniacs uh, about... It's an unauthorized uh, biopic of Celine Dion where the actress, who is also the writer-director of the movie, plays Celine Dion, or the the character loosely loosely based on Celine Dion, from like age 10 to... Yeah, it's like 8, like age 8. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a, a little girl with a CGI'd adult face on her. They just shrink the actor. Oh, it's, it's 
horrifying. And there's lots of shots of just like a, a 40 year old woman's face peering over a stage, but she's supposed to be eight. You know? It's probably best if, that they didn't do any of that. If you haven't seen first that film, film, if you have not seen Aline, I mean, I want you to spend the rest of the weekend at the festival, but this, the minute you wake up on Monday morning, I need you to see Aline. Now, I, I generally, over the course of you know, my, my personal and professional life, uh, in, have enjoyed fairly wide latitude about the types of movies I get to just put on at home. Like, if I come home and I'm like, I need to watch the most depressing documentary anybody's ever made, my wife is usually cool with this. Aline is the movie that I think has caused her to revisit that policy a Kathleen, little bit. Kathleen, are you serious? Oh wow! I mean, it is. I've awful. seen it. I've seen it twice. And the first, <laughs> listen, the first time I saw it, it I I was in Paris, and it was just in French. Like I I and I had just gotten off the flight. I mean, we went pretty much straight to the film. So I watched that. Com- and I, I just so everybody knows, you, I I don't speak French. So I just I just visually watched it, and then I watched it again. You got everything you needed to the first time. I did. Was it, it was actually maybe better the first time. I the uh, the French audience it. took it very seriously. So I was getting like nasty looks because I was laughing a lot. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that's that's it. I mean, so I yeah, an outro, right? uh, Tokyo Story, good. Uh, Rashomon, good. Orphan first kill, check it out, folks. Uh, because that first orphan, kill, that's how you have to say it. Yeah, orphan first, first kill. kill. And boy, are there! I mean, you get the first, you get the second, you get the third. I mean, you get a bunch, folks. You get all the bang for your buck you need uh, from the orphan. Um, one of our most terrifying film creations. Anyway, well, that's it. Thank you for listening to the Side Talks Live podcast where your own, and wait for it, hang in there because I've got a little bit for you here, where your own cinematic glam burger and chocolate hurricane. I have no idea what you're talking about. About to hit you with this. Okay. So at the Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> inspired by Mac and Rita, but not CPK because I got enough airtime, um, there is something called a glam burger, and you can get. There are different glam burgers, like glam burger with a trademark symbol afterward, and then you can get the stuffed cheddar burger, the French dip burger, or what is perhaps the most promising, the macaroni and cheese burger, where they just put some macaroni and cheese on the burger. And then, yeah. so that's that's at Cheesecake Factory. The um, Chocolate Hurricane is at Margaritaville. Stepped on a pop top. Um, <laughs> blew out my fruit. Um, where you can get a cheeseburger in paradise. I told you I was going to sing some. Yeah, you did. But let me just tell y'all what's in the Chocolate Hurricane. Are you ready for this? Yep. Vanilla ice cream, uh-huh. brownies, Kit Kats, Heath bars, shortbread cookies, and whipped cream, macadamia nuts, bananas. And here is the kicker. So everybody run to Margaritaville. It is swirled with chocolate and caramel table side. Get that table side swirl. I don't know what that means, but it gets swirled table side. Um, so, Corey. They then dump a sack of white sugar into it and set it on fire. And they the roundhouse kick to the neck. Uh, Where's that law shaker of salt? Those okay. both sound terrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what are you going to hear? But here what's the question. Are okay. you the glam burger or are you the um, chocolate hurricane? That's the question. Can I be the glam burger? I don't see why I not. I guess by default. I don't see why not. I want to get swirled tableside. Ooh, that sounds really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really, really terrible. Brad's like, I'm done. I quit. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, you're the chocolate hurricane. You're going to get swirled tableside. Great. Um, thank you for listening to the Side Talks Live podcast. Oh, my mom's here. She saw Mac and Rita the other day. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that's it, right? Uh, that's it. Um, yeah, that's all we got. Uh, thanks to Revelator Coffee. Thanks to Revelator Coffee, our wonderful sponsors. Thanks to Batwell, Batwell Studios. Studios. Y'all, Batwell Studios is awesome. They put up with us. They make us sound way better than... Trust me. I mean, it gets real bad. Um, so we love them. If, you're, if you have a podcast concept, message them. They make life so much easier. It's almost impossible to do these things, really. If it yeah. wasn't for y'all, we couldn't do it. So Truly go Studios, above Studios. and beyond, especially on days like today. So thanks, guys. Thank you very much. And thanks to y'all. Yeah, we have done uh, live podcast recordings in rooms with uh, three other people. And those people um, were Kathleen, Kay Morgan, and my fiancé. And that was it, yeah. Oh, you were there, you were there, you were there. So four other people. Five yeah, other people. And Sam, wait, Sam, did Sam leave? Oh, no, he's here. No. Sometimes Sam just kind of, I see him leaving. Like, we're halfway through the podcast, and he's just like, I, I'm done, y'all. Uh, understandable. Um, but this is uh, far more of an audience than we deserve uh, for this nonsense, so we really appreciate you taking time out of a busy film festival schedule to come uh, listen to this. Um, and we hope that you, you keep listening. We're, we're available, the Side Talks podcast, on any podcast uh, program of your choice uh spotify we're on spotify we're on uh, apple podcasts all that stuff so to find us listen to back episodes uh check us out um and we'll keep on rolling yeah it's way easier too because you can scroll through the parts you don't like so there's that yeah so but, um, but don't don't jump to that because then you'll be scrolling through most of every episode i fear and- <laughs> And also, if anybody here has a connection to California Pizza Kitchen, Corey and I will totally sit across the table from one another and eat a salad and talk about it for an hour if they'll give us 20 bucks. I will talk about it. Yeah, if the price is right, I'll, I'll endorse any product. Um, yeah, genuinely. Um, but thank you for being here, seriously. We yeah, for real. It. And uh, visit us online, SidewalkFest.com, or on social media at SidewalkFilm for what's going on after the festival. And there's stuff. Uh, coming all the time here at the cinema. So uh, check that out. And uh, once again, thanks to everybody. We'll sign off with that. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.